0: One password moving to Electron. Does it really matter? This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Text Expander by Smile, the makers of world class software. Visit TextExpander.com slash podcast to learn more and download your free demo. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, it's Tuesday night. This is Mac Voices Live. You should be here live with us in YouTube. We are on at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time it is, wherever you are. We'd love to have you in the chat room to comment, argue, speculate, comment with us. Um, But if not, you still get to see these on the regular Mac Voices feed. We hope you enjoy those as much as we enjoy doing them. And as much as the live live channel here, the, the chat room seems to enjoy them as well. Tonight, we're gonna talk a little bit about 1Password moving to Electron. Now, if you know what I'm talking about, then great. You may be one up on some of us and you may not, Um, but we'll get to that in a minute. First, we're gonna hear from the panel and see who's here. Um, So taking my screen, as I always do, first up, Mr. Mike Schmitz coming to us from an undisclosed location. (laughs) Mike, good to have you.
1: Thanks, Chuck, glad to be here.
0: (laughs) And we should notice that you are on the road. I think it means that you escaped um, just ahead of the authorities. And so you don't have your usual setup, but
1: you sound certainly more than good enough to be part of this group. That's true. Yeah, I don't have my fancy microphone. And I was nervous about that. I even sent you a message before I said, is it, is it OK if I don't have it? Can I still come on? And you said, sure. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. It's good to have you. Next up, we missed him last week, uh, but he's back, Mr. Jeff Gamut. Jeff, welcome. I missed all of you, too,
1: and I'm happy to be back. It's great to get to hang out with every single one of you. I've actually been seriously looking forward to this evening.
0: Good, good. Well, we we were looking forward to having you back. Um, I'm just I'm glad that you survived your travel.
1: Same. Yes. (laughs) Coming back from travel, having not survived usually a bad sign yeah definitely yeah
2: but you'll never know it
1: <laughs> good point
2: yeah
0: yeah uh commenting on mr gamut's travel is mr searle <laughs> i haven't have gone
2: been- anywhere <laughs> ever i want to ever. go someplace so well all right at, at some I, bleak i moment, met you at
3: max stock a couple of years ago
2: i know i want to I'm, well i'm supposed to go there i'm supposed to go to chicago area into september but i'm looking here. Right? Did I hear a butt? <laughs> well, it the, the problem is right now it, it's getting a car. <laughs> Rental cars are like gold right now, they're really tough to get. So trying to this get one true. ahead of time because you know it's weird. I I don't think I'm gonna be able to walk from O'Hare Airport to Woodstock. It's That's just a thing. So we'll see. <laughs> But uh, I'm, I'm looking at all my options. I'm, I'm doing everything I can to, to make sure that I'm going to be there for, for, for Mike and Dave and everybody else who might show up.
0: Um, um, Lewis and Clark did it, Guy. I'm sure
2: you can do it. Yeah, but they had, they had months.
0: I don't have oh. months.
2: Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, you should have planned ahead. I should have. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Yeah. Lots of beef jerky.
3: Leave now. <coughs> yeah, there you go. There you
0: go. <laughs> I just made him cough, of, cough of that one.
3: We got him. <laughs>
4: You've got a thumb. I don't see the problem.
2: Yeah, we finally got
0: <laughs> another it. good
2: point. Yeah, who's going to pick up a bald six foot six guy with weird t shirts and hats on an interstate? I'm just probably in a, and a pandemic
1: you don't
0: want in a pandemic. A yeah, yeah. The, the people that are out looking for yetis.
2: Those are the ones. I do wear a size sixteen shoes. There you go. That's a lot of foot. It is yeah. <laughs> almost like it's a big foot. Oh, yeah. Huh. And in
0: in the chat from Cletus says, "and an Indian guide." So yeah. there, you, there you go,
2: <laughs> Native American guide. Thank you very much.
0: Ah, sorry. Yes, Cletus, American Indian or uh, Native American. Sorry, <laughs> God.
2: Um, Next up, uh, sporting
5: a very unusual background tonight, Mr. Mark Fuccio. Mark, good to have you. Hello, Chuck. Hello, everyone. Hello, uh, listeners. I think as we get into this, you know, the interpretation of this background will become clearer. Uh, My internet connection for some reason tonight is spastic, and uh, the panel has frozen at least half a dozen or more times now, so hopefully I can participate in a real-time fashion. If not... uh, We'll all be frozen like Guy is uh, channeling right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm looking forward to learning more
0: about the background as we go. Mr. Jim Ray is here, too. And Jim said he did some prep, so he may be our electron expert.
3: Welcome, Jim. Good to see you. A little bit. A little bit.
0: Okay. A little bit um let's see well, mr that's ginsburg and any of us did you i don't know about that david ginsburg is is back with us uh last week he got knocked out by a thunderstorm and had to sit out the panel but this yeah. time he's back and i'm hoping there are no thunderstorms in your area david oh
2: nice beautiful day good to be back thanks for having me let's have some fun tonight
0: sounds good to me Brittany smith has decided to uh brave this crew Brittany, good to have you as always
4: thanks for having me chuck that's it, Brittany. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Okay. You, what, you want to you show your t shirt to want to show t-shirt to the crew? I, I do. It's I one love of my
4: favorites. Yes. Tis better to have shot and lo- and missed than never to have shot at all. With stormtroopers on it for the audio only. Yeah. People. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a little
2: context would probably be.
4: Yeah. 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 I forget about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I not a professional podcaster like all of you. what
0: have you heard yes sneaking in (laughs) under the wire is kelly come kelly it's good to have you
4: i heard someone was wrong on the internet i came as soon as i could
3: it was me
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh this is going to be an interesting fun group tonight no question about that
2: well we'll probably get to the topic
0: yeah yeah well so as i alluded to there's um, a topic Yes, there's a topic. Yes. Um, 1Password came out with a beta of the new version, and it is written in Electron, as opposed to being a traditional Mac app. And this seems to have caused some consternation among certain factions in the Mac community. Um, And I'm kind of curious to see what this group thinks about it. Um, And does it make any difference to, to any of us? And Jim, as I said, you did. You told me you did some prep, so I'm going to let you kind of run with this, uh, explaining what Electron is, and maybe you can explain why it has caused so much discussion.
3: I think I can. Um, Electron is a tool that uh, allows desktop applications to be made using web technologies instead of the usual programming tools that are used. and And basically, it's a combination of a Chrome rendering engine, or Chromium actually, which is what Chrome uses, and something called Node.js, which is a little engine that runs JavaScript. So it's kind of like a single-window Chrome browser. Um, Like, you know, there's been apps like Fluid where you could set up an app that runs just one uh web page has anybody ever ever seen that there's 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 Mm -hmm. several apps like that um and now that's something that anybody can just take a website and essentially make their own little app um and that's really what electron is but it goes a little further since uh instead of making it web-based it's javascript based uh but it's the same tool so a developer goes in and and makes this thing that basically just launches usually one window um with with uh html rendering inside it and but instead of filling it from uh, a web server it starts off with run this javascript code and a lot of times the javascript will go to some server and then populate it Um, but it doesn't have to you can you can make a completely standalone electron app that just runs on javascript locally and and makes things happen Um, Now, of course, Chrome and JavaScript, they already work on every desktop platform out there. They run on the Mac, runs on Windows, runs on Linux, right? So it's very cost-effective for a developer to create a multi-platform Electron app um, that runs on all applications. The same code can run everywhere. So theoretically, the developer only has to write a quarter of the code, instead of having to write a separate Mac app, Windows app, Linux app and web app. They just write one app and it runs everywhere. So, you know, bean counters just love this. Um, uh, And and in a lot of cases, a company might already have a web app. They've already written it, you know, like Slack, for example. So they're practically done. They just have to do a little bit of uh, extra tweaking, and they've got an an app uh, by using Electron. Um, And another potential advantage for larger companies is that there's a much larger pool of JavaScript programmers out there than um, specialized Swift or Objective-C developers. So they'll probably save on salaries and find it easier to recruit. So um, for, you know, People in management, they're like, "This is great. We can save tons of money. We, you know, recruit easier, and you know, we've got apps on every platform." Um, Now, I've said it's basically a web browser. There there is some customization that that Electron allows the developer to do beyond what you can do in a straight web app. Uh, for example, an Electron app can have a standard menu bar. So you can write some extra JavaScript code that says, make a menu bar. Uh, obviously, a website, a web page can't change the web, the the menu bar. Uh, you know, when you're running in Safari or Chrome, the web page can't reach up and change menus. But Electron can do that. Um, although, for whatever reason, a lot of Electron apps don't use menus very much for example in the slack app we all use that's an electron app i think the only menu i've ever used in slack is quit um you know and i was looking at it yesterday there are some other commands there and it's like i was looking at them i'm like i never use any of these they're you know and i think it's because these things are really designed web first and the menus are just an afterthought um um, so um and, and whatever extra customization, it's pretty limited, and it's limited to things that are available on all the platforms. So menus and like file open save dialogues, uh, um, you can you can make a, a Electron developer can make it say o- you know open this file or save a file, which you can't do in um, in uh, just a regular web. Yeah, but like anything that's uh, unique to one platform is not available and can't be done in Electron unless, now you you can, as I said, it's they're all written in JavaScript, but you can, you know, JavaScript does have the ability, and especially through Node, to write extensions, which are native, so they could be written in, in C or uh, Objective-C or Swift, but that's expensive. Um, it requires specialized knowledge, so you gotta have somebody that knows that language. And then it also renders the code, you know, non cross platform. So if you make some extension that takes advantage of some Mac feature, that's not going to work on Windows. It's not going to work on um, on uh, Linux. So um, and there's some features like as far as I can tell, it's impossible to implement Apple Script support in an Electron app. So you can't make um, and a a scriptable app at all um and you know i was looking around and you know there are some uh pretty complicated uh electron apps that don't even use you know standard menus at all and they build like their own menu system into the into the browser window so they'll just have a file menu that basically quit is it and they don't use any of the others and and even like normal functions like Open and save are not in the standard Mac, um, um, you know, menu bar at all. Um, some, you know, there are quite a few apps that you might have heard of, uh, like Basecamp, CrashPlan, Discord, Figma, Microsoft Teams, Skype, Slack, Title, Twitch, Visual Studio Code, WhatsApp. Those are all done in Electron. Um, uh, notice that a lot of those, uh, probably the majority are paired with online services. Um, which kind of makes sense. If you have an online service, you can use Electron to turn it into an app in a, in a Jiffy, um, looking on the, the, uh, Electron website, um, there's hundreds of, of apps that, you know, people have done in, in Electron, most of which we've never, never heard of. Um. <laughs> I have a bunch of other stuff about what the, you know, possible disadvantages are of using Electron, but maybe, you know, I've been already talking for like five minutes straight with no interruption. So maybe I should, you know, we could come back to some of those um, or, you know, it's up to you all, but maybe this is a good spot for me. At least that's the overview of what, um, and I've got some thoughts about about 1Password specifically too. That's what's
4: okay. happening. Oh. Like that's the mechanics yeah. of what it is. Here's why people are mad.
0: Okay. I'm going to ask you to hold on for a second. Cause okay. Mark, Mark had in the chat room and I want to make sure I, his points are I'm, I'm, Mark. I'm hoping they're objective because then we'll let Kelly's talk about why oh, yeah. is mad.
3: Yeah, Cause yeah, I think are. that I'm, is
0: something that needs to be understood.
3: Yeah. I just, I just, and, and, and I've got, I've got thoughts on that too, but I, you know, I didn't yeah. want to talk okay. for 25 minutes. I did okay, quite yeah. a bit of research, actually. Yes, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, sure
5: did. Yeah, so I yeah I looked I looked at this last week, you know, too, and you know, sort of the, I mean, it seems to me that you know the combination of uh, Chromium and you know and, and Node, you know, basically gives them you know the capability of an interactive scripted browser. So basically, they can do a you know, they can create their same native uh, web based uh, interface across all platforms. And there was a blog post that uh, was over on Six Colors that somebody, maybe it was you, Jim, or maybe it was uh, you know, Frank Petri, who posted in uh, in the our Slack channel earlier today. But um, you know, I think you know a lot of what, you're, what you've discussed so far seems to indicate you know that's uh, sort of the user facing technologies. The other thing they have been talking about is is Rust, and uh, you didn't address that, and well, I'm just wondering if you know, I
3: haven't I haven't finished. But
5: okay, because you know, sort of maybe fast forwarding this a little bit, you know, it's it seems to me just reading, you know, what uh what they're saying is um they're basically saying, Hey, look, you know, (laughs) we we're we're this is my interpretation and my coloring on top of their message, you know, which is basically, you know. We're dying trying to support you know, the same functionality across all these platforms. You know, it rips us up. You know, we don't have enough control that, you know, one team on one platform adds another feature. And, you know, it basically, you know, uh, you know takes everybody else by surprise. And that hurts everybody's feelings and makes us look dumb in front of customers because people say, well, if you have this on platform X, why is it not on platform Y? So it seems like you know, what they're trying to do is re-architect so that they can have a development platform. So Number one, they're in control. They can offer the same features on all platforms at the same time, um, and the way to do that is using web tools. It abstracts you away from a lot of the you know, low-level intricacies about uh, the different platforms. And you know their their blog posts, and they talk about you know some of the well, they don't share a lot of details. They just allude to some of the challenges they've had with you know Apple support across uh, different different releases and different versions of OS. So. This whole thing of electron is sort of the user facing piece. I'm thinking Rust might be their backend where they do their secure crypto and other things because anything that's done in JavaScript, somebody is going to be able to get out there see the see it and uh, be able to you know reverse engineer it and thus exploit it. So I'm suspecting that a lot of their top secret uh, i p in terms of what they do with uh, crypto, et cetera. that's probably what they're going to be doing in rust, and that probably seems like maybe it you know is basically sort of a you know it's it's a batch engine that uh, just you know sucks in data and outputs data. It seems like that uh, is a little less uh, changed you know subject to a change and jerk around surprises that uh, you know app i know Apple you know unleashes on their developers so you know it seems to me that. You know, this is a natural evolution and stepping stone. And to the extent that some people are saying, you know, and I think Jason Sell's article, I think he got it wrong, you know, and I hopefully just wrote it, you know, for clickbait, you know, saying, oh, well, you know, Apple's not important enough anymore. Well, it seems to me they're going overboard to say, yes, we want to continue to support the Mac, but we have other expanded objectives that we want to provide the same sort of, you know, capability across all these additional other platforms.
0: This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Smile, the makers of Text Expander, my most used productivity utility. It is easy to recommend TextExpander by Smile to you because I'm a regular user. By regular, I mean every hour, multiple times every hour. If I'm working, and it seems like I always am, I am using Text Expander, Text Expander lets me insert signatures, standard answers to questions, phone numbers, frequently asked for information, HTML code, and more with just a few keystrokes. And it doesn't take long to set up a new Text Expander snippet once I've identified something that I'm repeatedly typing. Just copy that information, go to the Text Expander app, paste it in as text or HTML or whatever it is, give it a name, and identify the text shortcut, and you are done. It can take less than a minute, but it can save you hours of your valuable time. Want all the what's, whys, and how's and a free trial? Visit TextExpander.com slash podcast for all that and more. That's TextExpander.com slash podcast to get started with TextExpander from Smile, the makers of world-class software. Thanks to Smile for their ongoing support of Mac Voices.
3: You know, fast forward a little bit for me, I think that what agile bits has done is probably the right thing for them. Um, you know, there's a long backstory of um, now i I think that um what Jason Snell said is absolutely right that this is totally an indication that um the Mac is an afterthought for for agile bits um and it probably should be you know unfortunately that's you know that's where the world is the Mac is an afterthought um, but um uh and and the the rust part is sort of like. That's fine. That's that's uh, that's got nothing to do with with the front end. Um, so, do you and, want
5: to s- describe quickly what Rust is, you know, so that all our listeners and everyone, you know, in case they don't, if they don't understand, right, it, you know, bring up the speed.
3: Uh, um, well, it's it's a it's programming language like C or Swift or you know it's now it's a compiled language um, like C or Swift or Objective C uh, JavaScript is interpreted. So, um, compiled languages, um, the source code gets turned into native machine code that, that runs on, you know, the processor's language, um, where JavaScript is what's called interpreted. It's not, um, turned into machine code by the developer. It, it's sent as is to each user's computer. And then there's this interpreter that, that runs the javascript on each you know on your computer and because um so basically a compiler does a bunch of work in advance to make sure that the code can run as fast as possible Um, and interpreter doesn't do that so it runs a lot slower um you know 10 to 100 times slower generally and the thing is today's computers are so fast that for a lot of things um that doesn't matter um another thing about rust in this particular application it's a it's a really pretty new language i think twenty fifteen um something like that and um so it's not gotten very wide adoption yet it 's not used by any um uh user interface frameworks you know well,
5: um, it doesn't need, does need to be well it for does.
3: this application it doesn't but you know basically You know, it has to be used in a back end capacity, like what one password, you know, like, I think it's mostly probably used on servers, you know, because it it always takes extra work to mix different languages in a project. Um, But it also has, and and I have not studied Rust, you know, too much. I've never used it, but it apparently has some really good features for um helping write secure code and it's much more difficult to do things like write code with buffer overflows and you know a lot of mistakes that uh you know are endemic in say c which is very widely used you know 40 years old now um they're just impossible to write in swift so you know theoretically you know and we haven't seen um that play out um um in the real world yet, but I expect it will. But theoretically, it's much, you know, code written in Rust is going to wind up being uh, more secure and have less security issues. But that's kind of a canard in this particular thing because there's no reason that they couldn't have a Rust backend with an AppKit front end, um, you know, instead of an Electron front end. So the fact that they use Rust for the backend. Is you know it's an interesting decision in its own right, and you know that's that's you know a whole topic, but it really has nothing to do with users, and it doesn't have anything to do with the choice of um, you know what front end um, uh, user interface framework they use. For example, they are apparently using Rust also on iOS and on Android, um, so you know they are pairing Rust with Apple framework. Um, they could have, prepared, you know, done it with AppKit. I'm not saying they should have. I'm just saying they could have. And, you know, basically, this all comes down to the Agile bits decided it just wasn't worth the money to make an AppKit front end for their new version, which...
5: Actually, I would I would add is, is for them in, in the market they're in is Money, you know, they've raised three hundred million dollars of venture funding. You know, money is not the issue. It's probably just the time and the time cost of, you know, being jerked around by you know, new bugs and new different things, and you're looking stupid because they can, you know, introduce features on one platform and it takes them, you know, a lot longer to do it on another. You know, I think, I think, I think for them, it's the opportunity cost measured in time that's more important.
4: Time is
0: money. Okay, I, that's I, I, the- yeah. I, I, I want to get some of the other people, in. and I agree with you, Kelly. So I've, I, everybody in the everybody on the panel is typing things into our into our private chat room here. So I'm going to take them in order. Mike, I wanted to make sure you jumped in because you're the first thing you said was
1: Obsidian. I know right now that's a big thing for you, and that's written in Electron, is it not? It is. Yes, and Obsidian is probably my favorite application ever. And I use it on a Mac. And that really has me thinking like, what is a Mac app anyways? And we're talking about all this technical stuff and I'm not a developer. So to me, I don't really care. I just want it not to act weird, (laughs) right? And one of the things that I did not know about Electron apps was that single window limitation. Notion is another Electron app that I use every single day, because that's what we manage all of our projects with the the suite setup. And I hate using the application because I can't open a new window. I'm stuck with a single view. Mm -hmm. And when I want to see the calendar over here and the project page over here, I I can't do that. I have to go to the web. So at that point, I am running into the limitations of Electron, but I never run into those limitations in Obsidian. And I would... I, I. Kind of can't picture a scenario where it would be a big deal in one password either. I think uh, part of the problem is one password has a big history on the Mac, making sync like uh, you purchase it one time and you have your local vaults. And they've already had the turn signal last year with version or a couple of years ago maybe with version seven that they are moving to these vaults that sync across all your devices. And adding all these extra features on top of a subscription service, which they kind of have to do because otherwise Apple's uh, uh, keychain is gonna just eat their lunch. So if you're one password, that's where you kind of have to go anyways. And then you take a whole bunch of of uh, money, and now you, you the the Mac is not the the sandbox for you to play in. It's a much larger market, and you got to figure out a way to to make that um, to to make that worth your your time, and it's kind of this weird, awkward phase. I think we find them, find them in right now. I think the when version eight ships, most people aren't gonna notice uh, as long as they're cool just syncing their vaults wherever. Um, but there are lots of other things that can make an app feel like a good Mac app. Like one of the things that I love about Obsidian is the URL scheme support. And URL schemes I know are not Mac specific, but in my opinion a good mac app will have support for something like these url schemes and there are a lot of mac native apps especially especially in the uh, with email which i would argue are not good mac citizens cuz they try to hijack those like message colon slash slash url schemes mm-hmm. and they try to insert their own pri- proprietary ones so you have to use that application if you want to open one of those links. If you want to put a link from an email message in something like Spark or Airmail in a task manager, so you can click on it and get to it later. It's going to have a proprietary URL scheme. And that's a deal breaker for me. It's why I use MailMate. And I I I just that's an example of, of like lots of other people are trying to are trying to cut corners, you know, and, and tip things in their favor. And, and so I don't think what one password is doing here is, is all that surprising and i'm not i'm not willing to um, to say this is absolutely the wrong move i understand it's really awkward for longtime mac users and i would put myself in that camp but let's just see how it shakes out because <laughs> i don't think electron's all that bad <laughs>
0: okay well Can we, this is your big moment go for it why why is everybody mad
4: well okay there's a first of all there's a few things going on Um, the first one I want to point out is that none of the cryptography or encryption methods that one password uses are secret. None of that is secret. They make all of it public. It's all published. It's all open and easily available for everyone to review so that anyone who wants to review it can, which makes it more secure. Now that doesn't mean they're giving my specific hash out to people and showing all of the other things that went into generating it that's a whole other show and if we want to talk about that someday uh when chuck decides to get into sleep stories or something i am happy to sign up for that Mm -hmm. however that's not what we're here to talk about today so none of that stuff is secret um I think the Rust stuff is, is meant to be on the back end. And there's a couple of massive changes in eight that I think are part of why people are howling. And the first is, uh, there is no more non-subscription option. If you wanna use 1Password version eight, and at some point there will be no option but eight, you know, it's not soon or anything like that. Like, Like, go get a paper bag, take a deep breath, it'll be okay. It's not tomorrow, but, at some point, like version seven is going to no longer function on the current version of Mac OS or whatever. Um, and at that point, if all you can do is go to version eight in order to make sure that it's still going to run on your computer, then you are going to have to subscribe, period. Again, whole other podcast. What does and does not happen with that, how it feels, whatever. In seven, you could buy a license and it was complicated, but it could be done. And in eight, there is no option for that. So that's the first thing people are mad about. We've seen subscription screeching before and spoiler alert, kids, we're going to see it again. So that said, second of all, the other thing I wanted to point out, Mike, you mentioned uh, URL schemes and URL schemes first for a lot of people, I think, came to iOS. Because that was a way that you could do cool crap with like Launch Center Pro, and that's how a lot of things happen in shortcuts is that you can get a little callback URL and do the thing with the stuff, and then magic. The
1: you had to do it,
4: right? Like, yeah, that was the only the only choice you had. So that's the like that's another thing I think is sort of interesting about the the URL piece of this um, is is that. And also, I'm so glad I'm not the only person I know that uses MailMate. That makes me really happy. Um, <laughs> But that's it. So, um, got all that plain text. It just warms my heart. Anyway, so the thing that people there's two things people are mad about. First of all, Electron, um, and I think a lot of people are unnecessarily upset about Electron because the people who are screaming the loudest are sometimes the people who haven't even sat down and spent time with the app and been and installed it, taken a look at it, and gone. It lacks the fundamental functionality that I want out of One Password. Like version seven does X and there is no methodology for that in version eight. Like if people I'm hearing some of that feedback, but it's getting lost in subscriptions, electron, or if you are a casual one password spectator, we'll say, right, you're a casual user. You're not somebody who used to work there. You're not somebody who has a vested interest in making all of this better. If you're just sort of watching it go by, then what you have is those guys used to show up at Mac world. They were really nice. They were friendly to everyone. They answered all my questions. They were cool. When we were still the cool kids club over here before anybody had a phone from Apple or any of that stuff, like you could get a solid password manager from one password. They had Response to people. You could sync stuff via Dropbox, you know, so you could have it on your other computer at the same time. It was great. Then they decided to make a Windows version. They decided to make an Android version because, you know, people use those platforms. And if you want your stuff, if you want all your stuff to be on all your stuff, you need to make a version for all your stuff. So shifting to that, if that was the only change that they made and there were some minimal uh, concessions made, we'll say, then if those concessions were made in order for it to be an electron app so that everybody had the same stuff everywhere, then I don't think there would be the outrage that there is, first of all. And second of all, the other piece of it, I think, is that um the people who have actual feedback like that this thing that it does or this layout that is a mac only layout those sorts of things like those things are getting eliminated because everybody's going to get the same app slack is the the primary example of this because i know loads and loads of people who use slack if you open slack on your macbook pro whether it's intel or m1 or hamster whatever it's going to look exactly the same as it does on windows as it does on on Windows 8 and Windows 10 and every place else that you can run it because it's the same app. Now, from an engineering standpoint, that's really nice because you can work on one set of code. You can have more or less one set of bugs. From what I know from Electron developers, there are still some things that are a little bit platform specific, but by and large, you're just gonna get a chance to like work on one big blob of code the end. So that's great, but for a spectator, here's what we see. These guys were awesome macOS developers, iOS developers. They get mentioned at DubDub. They get mentioned in like the iPhone stuff. You know, when we get the new version of the operating system, we get password kit. So now you can use one password, to get all your passwords and all your stuff. And isn't that going to be amazing? Like they called it out specifically when they opened up the password filling technology to everybody else. Like they called out, like, you can use one password now. That's basically what they said. And it was wonderful and everyone was excited about it. And now those guys who were like our cool indie Mac buddies took a bunch of money and sold out. If you are a casual observer, that's what happened because they took a bunch of money. They made a Windows version. They took a bunch more money. They hired a truckload of people. And now they're not cool anymore. Like they signed a major label deal and they don't love us anymore.
0: As you can tell, Kelly is rolling. We're going to give her a chance to catch her breath and come back in the next edition of Mac Voices, let her continue her comments and thoughts on the 1Password Electron situation, and then other members of the panel weigh in as to why this is important, whether it matters to you as a user, how it matters to the Mac developer community, and what the implications are going forward for all parties involved. That's next time on Mac Voices, and I hope you will join us. Until then, as always, I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac Voices. Thanks for watching. Visit MacVoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page, and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at Patreon.com/MacVoices